Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Medical Mindset Coach podcast, and I am your host, Star Frydenberg. For those of you, if this is the first time you're joining in and you don't know me and who I am and what I'm all about, I am operating as a holistic doctor working in the field of helping people achieve health, nutrition, energy, lifestyle, and really getting yourself back to your optimum functioning levels, dealing with people with diseases, maybe just people want to do maintenance, but just really getting you back to the point of where you want to be. And I do that all naturally. So it's really, really an inspiration of trying to help and also teach which maybe you might call the olden ways or the ways of the ancient ones, you know, when there's knowledge that's so vast and so deep that have been practiced for thousands of years. Um, in comparison, you know, where Western medicine is only a couple of hundred years. Um, just trying to sort of bring that back in because we can naturally achieve ways of healing and also long lasting um, success of achievement as well. Um, whereas typically people might go to Western medicine and then they might have a problem and then they have to take a couple of pills and then all of a sudden they're on this hamster wheel that now that pill creates another problem and they're just continuing this evil cycle until eventually the body does give up or isn't strong enough to handle um, basic things anymore and then you might just get wiped out by a flu. So the work that I like to do is obviously help people kickstart a holistic approach where we do adjust everything from A to Z, whether that's your mindset, that's your lifestyle, that's your diet, that's your um, certain behaviors, certain patterns, certain habits. And we correct all of those things. And that's sort of the work that I specialize in to be able to do and help you with that. So I can pull upon broad range of knowledge um, or even refer you to people um, who I think might be appropriate for you and your needs um, and then get you there. So again, the purpose of this podcast is just every episode, just to give a little bit of information out there um, that, you know, should be common information, common knowledge, but not really. And it's not really out there or not, you know, just again with the technological advancement that, okay, it's just so much out there that we don't even know where to look, how to look and even what is right anymore. Because if you go on Google, famous Mr. Google, Dr. Google, you know, you can find pros and cons um, of opposing opinions to the same thing. So then you think, okay, well, what's the right answer anymore? So we don't really know. Um, and that's where we need to actually go to experts and say, okay, great. Please tell me, what do you know? What has worked? And, you know, always working with experience. I always think is the number one, uh, winner of it all. So, uh, today's episode is going to be more of something that I'm going to read to you. It's quite an informative thing that I've got from the NHS, um, because, uh, recently, in the recent weeks, I have received uh, a few patients who have uh, recently, you know, gone through, you know, the unfortunate experience of having um, cancer. But uh, in the particular with the clients that I've been working with, who have women, of course, um, had cervical cancer. So um, a lot of people don't really know much about it. And again, just like many things, cancer is kind of a taboo subject that, you know, it's quite common. It's quite popular. A lot of people have it. I'm sure pretty much everyone knows someone who has had it um, or has passed away from it. But again, there's not this sort of proactive thing about let's teach you about cancer. Let's get you to know that if these kinds of signs and symptoms pop up, please go get it checked out. Um, because the idea is prevention is better than cure. Because at the end of the day, if you can, you know, 
target it, find it when symptoms arise and not let it get to sort of a metastasized state where it's just all over the body and you can't reverse it. Um, then of course that's going to, you know, be so much more beneficial to the individual themselves. So, um, interestingly, as timing happened after, um, having these couple of clients, I did receive in the post myself a letter from the NHS that does say, or does invite you as a woman to go get a screening. So just a couple of tests that you can go and get checked and then see everything's okay. So I thought today, um, would be a good little, opportunity just to read out they have a wonderful brochure very well informed um to be able to just give some guidance and clarity to you know and even if you are a man or a male listening to this that's okay because of course you have females around you you know whether it's in your workplace whether it's in your family whether it's your friends and you know again just become the sort of role model or the person of awareness or observation that if someone's going like oh you know, I'm experiencing da, 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 then you can say, actually, well, you know, I've just heard about da, 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 da. Maybe you should go get that checked out because it could potentially be this. And then you might have actually been, you know, the guardian angel, if you will, having potentially saved someone's life, you know? So the more we are all informed and based as a community, then we can all help each other. And that will just get us hopefully into a better place and space in this world today where we're not going to all be suffering all the time and we can actually live happily and healthily because it just seems that as the years go by everyone seems to be having problems low immune systems weakness around the body um, and not being able to do things as once um, you know as you once were and that's quite the common thing that I get um, when people come in to you know work with me so This is (laughs) going to basically be a read and tell, I suppose. But this is the kind of letter that you will receive uh, from the NHS, which, you know, the headline or the heading will be Cervical Screening Administration Service. So it goes like this. We are writing to invite you for NHS cervical screening or previously called the smear test. We offer screening to help prevent cervical cancer and to save lives. Yes, yes, yes. If you're registered with your GP practice, you can contact them to make an appointment. And in some areas, local sexual health clinics may also offer screening. So the one that I commonly know in London is um, in Paddington. uh, And it's called the St. Jeffrey's Wing Sexual Health Clinic. So that's quite a common one that people go to. But of course, if you live outside of London, anywhere locally, you know, again, just phone your GP and you'll be able to um, register and get an appointment because they do take this very seriously. Um, And they want to just make sure everyone is okay and healthy. So, you know, and again, it's not something that you have to pay for. So please, you know, just grant yourself the liberty and time just to be able to uh, take a few minutes, right? So um, the test will only take a few minutes and you can ask for a female nurse or doctor as well. We invite women aged 25 to 64, whether or not they are registered with a GP, You should consider having surgical screening regardless of your sexual orientation, sexual history, or whether you have had the human papilloma virus or HPV vaccination. Cervical screening now tests for HPV. HPV can cause changes in the cells of the cervix. So if we find HPV in your screening sample, then we can check it for abnormal cells. By finding and treating these early, keyword early, We can prevent most cases of cervical cancer. So please read the enclosed leaflet about cervical screening, even if you have had a screening before. This leaflet is to help you decide whether to have the test. 
More information is also available at the www.nhs.uk hyphen, sorry, forward slash cervical. We will send you your screening result to you by post. The nurse or the doctor who does your screening will tell you when you can expect to get your letter and they will also get a copy. So please make sure you tell them about any changes to your address. So now there's quite a nice system, probably again, how technological advancement has happened since post-COVID, that you'll have sort of this online platform or portal that you'll just get an email and say, okay, you've received a letter from your GP, you'll click on it, and then you'll just have this online access to see your letter, any appointments that have been made or registered at hospitals, um, you know, whether they'll hold a telephonic conversation with you it's just a simple email or if you'll be called into a hospital to do an appointment um, for follow-up for example cervical screening cannot prevent every cervical cancer cancer can start to develop in between screening tests so if you have any symptoms such as so red flags here bleeding between periods after sex or after menopause or changes to vaginal discharge please see a doctor as soon as possible if you have any concerns or questions about cervical screening, please ask your healthcare provider. And this is sent by the cervical screening program on behalf of the GP. Great. So that's the letter that you receive. So NHS cervical screening, so helping you to decide whether you need one or not, right? It is your choice whether to have a cervical screening test or not. This leaflet aims to help you decide. Cervical screening used to be known as the smear test. Why we offer cervical screening. NHS cervical screening helps prevent cervical cancer. It saves thousands of lives from cervical cancer each year in the UK. In England, cervical screening currently prevents 70% of cervical cancer deaths. That's quite a high statistic. If everyone attended the screening regularly, 83% could be prevented. Who we invite? Cervical screening is for women and people with a cervix. We offer screening every three years from the ages of 25 to 49 and every five years from the age of 50 to 64. This is because most cervical cancers develop between these ages. First invitations arrive a few months before people turn 25, so you can book your appointment as soon as you get your invitation. We invite some people more often due to a previous screening result. You should consider having screen or screening regardless of your sexual orientation, sexual history, or whether you've had the HPV vaccination. If you are a transgender, bracket, trans, man, registered with your GP as a female, you will need to send your invitations to, uh, we will send you invitations for cervical screening. If you are registered as a male, you will not receive invitations, but your GP or practice nurse can arrange an appointment for you if you have had a cervix. If you are a trans woman, you do not need cervical screening. Cervical cancer. Cervical cancer happens when cells in the cervix grow in an uncontrolled way and build up to form a lump, also called a tumor. As the tumor grows, cells can eventually spread to the other parts of the body and become life-threatening. Your cervix is the lowest part of your uterus or womb and is found at the top of your vagina. So there's different aspects or sort of different ways that the vagina, the womb area will be broken down, but you'll get the ovaries, the uterus, the cervix, the vagina. 
Um, so that's just sort of like a diagram. If you do go online, um, you can show that it will show you the female reproductive system. Um, and of course, the cervix is at the top of the vagina. So not everyone knows sort of the breakdown of it, but, you know, it's, it's okay. That's not for the purpose of this conversation. HPV and cervical cancer. So nearly all cervical cancers are caused by a virus called human papilloma virus or HPV. Is you know, So people, HPV is very common. Most people will get the virus at some point in their life. It is spread through close skin to skin contact during any type of sexual activity with a man or woman. HPV can stay in the body for many years. It can stay at a very low or undetectable level and not cause any problems. This means an HPV infection may have come from a partner a long time ago. There are many different types of HPV, but only some high-risk types can lead to cancer. The types of HPV that can cause cervical cancer do not cause any symptoms. In most cases, your immune system can get rid of the virus without you ever knowing you had it. But sometimes, HPV can cause cells in your cervix to become abnormal. Your body can usually get rid of the abnormal cells and your cervix returns to normal. But sometimes this does not happen and the abnormal cells can go on to develop into cancer. What affects your chances of getting cervical cancer? Having cervical screening lowers your chances of getting cervical cancer. Screening finds abnormal cells so they can be removed before they become cancer. HPV is found on the skin around the whole genital area and can be spread through any type of sexual activity. This means that condoms or dental dams can help prevent infection, but they do not provide total protection from HPV. Smoking increases the risk of of cervical cancer because it makes it harder for your body to get rid of HPV infections. Information about stopping smoking is also available at www.nhs.uk forward slash smoke free. The HPV vaccination protects against the types of high-risk HPV that can cause most cervical cancers. If you have had the HPV vaccination, you will still need to consider having cervical screening when you are invited. This is this is to check for other high-risk HPV types that can lead to cervical cancer. Having a family history of cervical cancer does not affect your chances of developing cervical cancer. How cervical screening works. Cervical screening is not a test for cancer. It looks for abnormal cells in the cervix. Abnormal cells can develop into cancer if left untreated. The test involves using a soft brush to take a small sample of cells from the surface of your cervix. The sample is put into a small plastic container and sent to a laboratory. It is tested for these types of HPV that can cause cervical cancer. If you have a negative result for the most common types of HPV that cause cervical cancer, your risk of cervical cancer is is very low and there is no need to check for abnormal cells even if you have had these in the past. If you have a positive result for HPV, we will check the sample for abnormal cells. Abnormal cells are not cancer, but they could develop into cancer if left untreated. The cervical screening results. 
The nurse or doctor will tell you when you can expect your results later. There are four possible results. One, HPV negative. An HPV negative result means we will not do any further tests. This result means it is highly unlikely that you will have any abnormal cells. Even if you did, it would be extremely unlikely that they would cause a problem. We would simply call you back for screening again in three or five years time, depending on your age. Number two, HPV positive, no abnormal cells. If your sample is HPV positive, we also tested for abnormal cervical cells. If none are found, your result will say you have HPV but no abnormal cells. We will ask you to come for a screening again sooner than usual. Your result letter will explain when. And from what I understand already from clients, that can be sometimes like 18 months or so. Um, so this is uh, so this is so we can check your if your immune system has got rid of the HPV. This happens in most cases. Three, HPV positive, abnormal cells found. There are several grades of abnormal cells, as some are more serious than others. Your result letter will explain what your results mean. If you have HPV and any grade of abnormal cervical cells, we will refer you for colposcopy, which is on a different page. We will send you our information leaflet, NHS cervical screening, having a colposcopy. Number four, inadequate result. Occasionally, a sample may be called inadequate. This may be due to a technical problem. For example, if the laboratory cannot get an HPV test result from your sample or cannot see if abnormal cells are present or not. If you have an inadequate inadequate test, we will ask you to have a cervical screening again in three months' time. We will wait so that there are enough cells again to get a sample from. So 100 people have cervical screening. Of that 100, 87 have an HPV negative result and then are invited for screening again in three to five years. Of that 100, 13 typically have an HPV positive result, and of those 13, 9 are invited for screening again in 12 months' time, and the other 4 of that statistic of 13 are referred to have a corposcopy. What happens to samples after screening? Depending on your screening result, your screening sample may be kept by the lab for at least 10 years, Your result will be kept on a national secure computer system so that the NHS can compare your latest result with ones you've had before. Colposcopy. This is usually carried out in a hospital clinic. A specialist will take a close look at your cervix using a magnifying lens with a light. They can take a small tissue sample or a biopsy to check any areas of your cervix which look unusual. If the abnormal cells are serious, you may need treatment to remove them. This helps prevent cervical cancer. So, possible benefits and risks of cervical screening. So, it is your choice whether to have a cervical screening. To help you best decide, we've included information on the possible benefits and risks. Possible benefits. 
Cervical screening helps prevent cervical cancer. Cervical screening saves thousands of lives from cervical cancer every year in the UK. Possible risks. The main risks of cervical screening come from removing abnormal cells during a colposcopy and not from the screening test itself. Removing abnormal cells can sometimes cause bleeding or an infection, and it can also affect future pregnancies. Women who get pregnant after having abnormal cells removed are not at increased risk of having their baby early if they have a standard treatment. If more cervical tissue needs to be removed, women are slightly more likely to have their baby one to two months early. This may affect around 16% of women, 16 and 100, who have this more extensive treatment and then have a baby. Not everyone who has abnormal cells removed would have gone on to develop cervical cancer. We offer treatment to everyone with serious abnormal cells because it is not possible to tell who will and who will not develop cervical cancer. Symptoms of cervical cancer. Cancer can start to develop between your regular screening tests. It is important to look out for anything that is unusual for you, especially 1. Bleeding between your periods, during or after sex, or after the menopause. 2. Changes to vaginal discharge. Screening is not a test for investigating symptoms. If you have any of these changes, do not wait for your next cervical screening appointment. See your GP as soon as possible. Your GP can examine you and refer you to a gynecology clinic if necessary. Usually, these symptoms will not mean you have cancer, but if you're found to have cancer, getting it diagnosed and treated early can mean you are more likely to survive. So if you need more information or if you have any questions about cervical screening, you can talk to your GP, your practice nurse, or visit a local contraceptive or sexual health clinic. There's more information about cervical screening at the nhs.uk forward slash cervical. For more information about colposcopy, see the leaflet uh, that you can get on the website of www.gov.uk forward slash government forward slash publication cervical screening colposcopy. Um, And then find out how to opt out of screening at, if you want to opt out of the screening at www.gov.uk forward slash PHE forward slash screening opt out. The NHS screening programs use personal information from your NHS records to invite you for the screening at the right time. So Public Health England also use your information to ensure you receive high quality care and to improve the screening programs. Find out more about how your information is used and protected and your opinions at www.gov.uk forward slash PHE forward slash screening hyphen data. And there's just a couple of references which may or may not be of relevance, so I won't read them. Um, And yeah, that's basically a summary today about just sort of indications and symptoms that may arise that may cause you to think, okay, maybe I may be at risk of cervical cancer and, you know, ways about how to decide whether or not you think you would be a right candidate to go and get tested. Maybe you want to contact your GP about it and see if you can go to gynecologist to get just a swab um, or smear test, if you will, and then see that everything's okay because you don't want to be at risk, uh, for example, that this may happen and then you may not be able to have, have a child one day and, of course, maybe not be alive because you may be at risk of cancer. So, you know, it's always that story that it's not you till it's you kind of thing. It doesn't, 
it's not it doesn't affect you till it happens to you um so as i said prevention is better than cure so always be on top of your health a very very common thing i see in the workplace is that people are not proactive on maintenance in the sense that people come because a problem has happened that has caused them to seek out assistance but if you're proactively doing something you know every day every week every month of every year to make sure that you're not going to be at risk of any problem that is the best way forward right and again that's approaching it from a holistic perspective of checking your diet making sure you exercise are you sleeping enough are you eating the right things are you eating a balance of the right things you know how is your mental health um you know how is your work life balance etc so there's a whole combination of things and then when you're at an imbalance of course then you find ways just to get that back but the number one thing comes back down to is education about your health and knowing where to go how to go and uh, how often to go um and what is relevant for you and your needs all right so that's going to be another wrap up of today's episode i wishing you all well and uh, i'm quite excited so I'm going to do a couple more episodes of just sort of basic things where I'm going to talk about uh, nutrition, cholesterol, and then I'm going to do sort of a number of episodes that will go into detail about basic things in nutrition that I've, you know, come to, you know, in the recent months of work, doing quite a lot of um, frequently asked questions, you know, just basic, simple things that people don't know about that I think would be of benefit um, and worthwhile for people to know, because then at least gain in your day to day you can just sort of do fine little tweaks and changes that would be of benefit to you your mindset and your body all right so this is a wrap thank you for listening today and please support and help anyone that may be suffering with any of these symptoms or just say you know i think it'd be good for you just to go to have a check just in case um and then you know you could be the person who has indirectly saved lives Great. So have a wonderful day and I'll catch up with you on the next episode. Thank you for listening again. I appreciate it and I will catch up with you soon. Bye.